Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, Craig, uh, this week you picked the movie for us. Yep. After our month of uh, fun doing 1981 slashers, you went a little deeper into the era and uh, picked a non-slasher from 1987 or 1988. I'm not sure. It's kind of listed two different ways online. Mm-hmm. IMDb says 1987, so we're going to go with that. And it is the <laughs> killer mutant cat movie, Unin- <laughs> Uninvited. <laughs> Everyone's favorite killer mutant cat movie. This is, uh, well, this is another first for the podcast, right? When when was the last killer mutant cat movie we did? I don't think we have. <laughs> My God, mark this date. It's great. Uh, and I said to you before we started recording, I just cannot wait to talk about this movie because I'm just going to want to throw this right out there. I, I enjoyed every single minute of this film. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of love this movie. <laughs> I, this might be my new favorite It's Bad, It's Good movie. This, I might even enjoy this movie more than Blood Rage uh, or The Mutilator. I kind of feel like this is the top of my top five now. <laughs> how in the world I, I never heard of this before where where did you find it because you also when you sent me the message saying this is what we're watching this week by the way don't read anything about it if you can help it just go in completely blind and i'm so glad i did um although i'm not sure it would have made a huge difference anyway but it was just nice to be surprised by the kind of movie i was in for <laughs> where did you where did you hear about it had you seen it before no, no, I'd never even heard of it before. Big surprise. After the month of slashers, which don't get me wrong, I enjoyed. I really did. Mm. We even talked about it on at least one of them. They just, like, they were fine as far as slashers went, but they weren't bad enough to be so bad they're yeah. good. And so I just, I really, I wanted to do something fun and so I, I just did a, a Google search of so bad it's good horror movies. And mo- <laughs> most of them, like I came across, a, I don't know, a bunch of lists, more than I even looked at it. But I looked at three or four different lists, and most of them we've already done, like Terror Vision and The Deadly Spawn. And, and those all of those were really fun movies to talk about. Uh, and this was one of the few movies on one of those lists. It was only on one that not only had we not seen or talked about, but that I had never even heard of. Yeah. And it just sounded too good to be true. And it was everything <laughs> I hoped it would be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to... I have to say two things. Number one, isn't it great that you can Google things like this and immediately get responses? Uh-huh. I also, um, while I was watching this movie, one of the actresses in it who plays Suzanne, Sherry Shattuck, uh-huh. I could have sworn, oh, God, I, I, I probably recognize her from something. I looked her up on IMDb, and I didn't really find much of anything that she's been in outside of this, which surprised me. So then I Googled people who look like Sherry Shattuck. <laughs> Thinking that, oh, she has kind of a Christina Applegate look. Maybe that's where yeah, I'm, kinda. you know, getting it from or whatever like that. And that works. And then number two, I'm a little disappointed to hear that of, of this list of so good, bad it's good horror movies, we might have already exhausted the best of them. Yeah. Oh, according to the internet. That 
that's not that's not going to bode well for the future of our podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I'm sure we'll still be able to find more. But um, gosh, I just I can't believe that I had never heard of this movie before, and then it was just like it's it, it's just got everything that you want. Like it, it's completely a 100% 80s aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Oh, in, a, in all the right ways. It, it, it's a direct-to-video film, which you can kind of tell for a variety of reasons. The score, I really enjoyed the score. Like, <laughs> Oh, yes. I enjoyed how over-the-top bad the score was. Yeah, and it was just persistent, like, all the time. Sometimes it kind of sounded like The Shining, like they're doing that thing with like you know just like three notes repeated over and over again. But it's yeah. it, it, it seems completely synthetic, but it plays all the time. It's so enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Beautiful people who are terrible actors. Um, the corniest dialogue you can imagine and just the premise like honestly i i told alan i'm like i think you might want to watch this movie with me this week because (laughs) it's about an evil mutant cat that lives in the throat of a regular cat comes (laughs) out and kills people when it gets mad and it's poisonous (laughs) (laughs) and and by the way, when it's done killing others and somehow shape-shifting, like getting bigger and smaller in ways that I'm not sure, uh, crawls carefully back into the cat's mouth. <laughs> oh, God. And the, the effects are terrible. And oh, man. Deliciously terrible. The cat, like I said, I told him, I'm like, anytime the cat is on screen, and and sometimes even not like just to suggest that the cat is around. You just are constantly hearing meow, meow, <laughs> meow, <laughs> and it's and it's the same two meows just on a loop. Yes. And my favorite part about the movie is that the cat, like not the mutant cat that comes out of the cat, <laughs> but the actual cat itself is adorable and like Uh, it's like you're supposed to be like menaced by it and people are supposed to be menaced by it but it's just this beautiful orange house cat (laughs) that is in in no way menacing at all no it's a beautiful cat that's like not in any way scary or aggressive or anything like they just shoot the cat and then they shoot people like being scared of it Oh my god. It's hilarious. <laughs> and, and and the cat becomes even cuter when the mutant cat's crawling out of its mouth because it's like a a it's stuffed like a, cat you might get like from a, like a toy store. It's like a yeah, it's like a puppet. Like just like it kinda looks like the xenomorph, like when it pops out of somebody's chest. It looks like At that. First. Except except it's coming out of the mouth of a stuffed like like you said, like a cat that you would buy at Walmart and like cut its mouth open and then just push like this other puppet through oh. it and i don't it, it all it reminded me of like a 
like a popple or something, you know, like yes. it just like it just kind of like the like the inside of the puppet just kind of inverts and comes out and it's an alien cat. You never see it like it's always in super, super close up. And then when the mutant, it, it, it's hard to even explain because at sometimes it seems like the mutant cat like comes all the way out of the regular cat. But really, it's almost more like the regular cat just kind of turns inside out. <laughs> Do you think so? I don't I'm know. Not sure. I'm not sure about that. You're right that it's not clear. Because when it starts out, and the movie starts out in like a research laboratory with two guys talking about, oh, we need to cut this thing open and see what's growing inside of it, right? Well, and yeah, and you know that you're in for a treat when the very first thing you see is Amazing Movies presents. Yes! <laughs> like, like that's the production company, Amazing Movies. It's like, yes. oh, man, we're in for something amazing. <laughs> like, put on it has your glasses, to tell you. folks. When, you got something when, to see. And so they pull, you know, they're, they've got a bunch of animals, like research animals in there, and they pull this adorable-looking cat out. You're right. And and they put it on the table, and they pull out a scary-looking needle, and the cat escapes and runs down the hallway. Code red! It's escaped! It's escaped! <laughs> they get on the phone and have this awkward phone conversation. It's like, put on the radiation suits and things. We're at, we're at radiation level five or whatever. And then... I guess they also put on radiation suits because they hint at their own presence in the next scene, which is a bunch of guys in radiation suits and carrying a cat carrier. Radiation suits that look like something that you would buy at Spirit Halloween. Oh, yeah. They're like <laughs> these crazy, these ridiculous hazmat suits, like made out of aluminum foil. Oh, boy. Down the staircase, they corner the cat. And then the cat jumps on. Is, do we get the cat jumping out at this point? The, no. The, yeah, the, the evil cat comes out. That's what I keep calling. Like <laughs> the evil cat comes out of its mouth. The whole thing. It, it it reminded me. It looks like a reject from the set of Ghoulies or or Troll or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, it is just very very clearly a puppet that either yeah. somebody has its hand up the ass or they're just throwing it at mm -hmm. people. There's nothing real looking about it. It doesn't look real. It doesn't move in a realistic fashion. It is cheap. It is a yeah. cheap toy puppet cat, it, and it's hilarious. It almost looks like a joke, you know? Like the filmmakers are in on the joke because they almost at times later in the movie seem to revel in the fact that this puppet looks so bad. Like there are close-ups on this thing or wide shots on this thing that should not linger as long as they do. You can practically see the arm of the guy operating yeah. it, right? <laughs> but yet they do. Like not just like that, but the, it's like the cat pops out and like shakes around and dances a little bit, you know, next to the furniture or something. Like if you're playing with your three-year-old or something, you might like pop a little puppet out and kind of shake it around and then pull it back. <laughs> I read, yeah, I I read a review that said that the cat, like when it attacks, looks like a carpet remnant, like in bad shape. Yeah. And it, it it does. It just kind of looks like a like your your childhood stuffed animal that you've had for thirty years and have slept with for every night. You know, like it's just yeah. ratty and nasty and oh my god, and so funny. And and the little evil cat on the inside is so 
funny looking like laugh out loud funny the second yeah. you see it because it doesn't really move it just it just <laughs> i swear <laughs> i i imagine that somebody has the little evil part on a stick and like they just push it out like, yeah <laughs> and, and move it around a little bit at first i wasn't sure it, it, i i thought it was almost like an alien ripoff where this little inner yeah. mouth or inner cat kind of comes out of the cat's mouth but it also has arms uh-huh like the claw at the face of this guy and then it kind of i guess sucks back in and escapes some more. And the guys on the stairway are like, oh, crap, you know, it got away. And then we get another shot back to those guys who are back in their normal clothes. And I thought, oh, okay, well, the dudes in the hazmat suit were different people, right, that they sent after the cat. But then the guy, I think it's the director. I think it one of the, the two director. is the director. He says... The building's secure. Now, Paul, no matter what happens, we can't let that cat out of here. Dr. Gray, you saw what just happened at that stairwell. Just shut up about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. There's a lot, the dialogue is so funny, and the acting is so bad. It's terrible, but it also begs the question, all right, why was the cat suddenly radioactive? Like, they weren't wearing hazmat suits in the office when they were going to inject the cat, but as soon as it left the office, suddenly it's a radioactive threat. And they never explain what's going on. Like, why is there a little evil cat inside this other cat? No, and that for like sure. the, the 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 scientists are like baffled. That's what they're trying to figure out. They're like trying to figure out what is inside this cat. So, like, I guess <laughs> it's the suggestion is that they don't know. Like, they didn't put it in there. They didn't. Like, how did that they little monitoring cat... it? No. And and when the cat comes out and kills all the people in the stairwell, like you don't actually see anything. You just see blood splatter all over yeah. the walls. And then the next time you see the cat, you see a shadow silhouette of it and you see the like all no- Nosferatu like and you see the evil cat coming out of its throat and it kills that the scientist played by the writer and director Graydon Clark, and then it escapes and and just runs down the street. Oh, and then it just appears everywhere. And suddenly yeah, it the just cat pops is up wherever is in boxes that you know we never saw it get into. And but again, it's just a cat. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is it. It's not scary. So like, no. any t- it's not even as scary as like you know, cat scares that we see in every horror movie. It's just like people will open up a trash can or they'll come around a corner and there's a beautiful cat like, hello. Oh. Like- <laughs> right. And the cat's really not doing anything unless somebody pisses it off. Right? Uh-huh, right. Like, so most of the time the cat's just running around and eating food and, you know, it, it, it finds a, a bowl of food, I guess, and uh, and eats from the bowl. And then there's this random guy who, uh, you know, is like patting ends. Oh, I'll get you more. And a dude ro- uh, mugs him and hops into uh-huh. his car, his truck, and takes off. And so the cat decides he's going to get revenge on, the, <laughs> on the, one, the guy who just fed him, hops in the back of this, you know, pickup. Going to a random place, you know, it's just it's just so random, right? The, he hops in the back of this pickup. These guys are driving down the road, ha ha ha, ha drinking their beer, and then suddenly uh, the cat puppet, the evil cat puppet, breaks through the window. You can see the dude's arm as, uh-huh. the, as the puppet <laughs> breaks through the window and just grabs at this guy's face. And then we see 
a different model car <laughs> in slow motion rolling down a hill, you know, it missed the bridge, and it. I thought, oh, it's going to explode at the bottom. It didn't do that. I, that part no, disappointed it just rolls me. Down. I and I, I think they just. I think they stole that footage from another movie. It must be right. It's still a red pickup truck, but it's a completely different model. And, and you're right. Like, oh, just just this random person who we never know who he is. Just this random mechanic is nice to the cat. But then gets beat up, so the cat, you know, exacts revenge for the nice random stranger who gave him food. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so oh. funny. And and then we meet our main characters, I suggest. Suzanne oh. and Bobby are these... <laughs> I love this scene so much. To be fair, hot 80s valley girls in bikinis and skimpy, like, t-shirt cover-ups. Creatively out, constructed cut up. t-shirts. Yeah. I spent a good portion of the scene just trying to figure out the physics of how these t-shirts were cut and slashed so that they still stayed on them, but were very right. revealing in all these spots. It, it took me a while to figure out. It was almost like um, like an Escher painting kind of deal <laughs> with them. Yeah, they, they finally got, figured they it got... out. Uh, you know, I had, to t- I had to rewind and pause a few times, uh, yeah. you know, go I, through I get, slow I get motion. what you're getting at. For science, for science. And yeah, these yeah. are, you know, these are your pretty, pretty standard, beautiful, buxom 80s girls. And and to reiterate, they are very beautiful and they spend most of the movie in very small bikinis. So if you're into that, mm. there's, you know, one check mark on the list. Suzanne and Bobby, and it seems like they are just trying to, like they're on spring break but they don't have any money, so they're just trying to, like, hang out at hotels and use the pools and the, uh, I don't know. Um, but mm-hmm. they go in, they go into this hotel and security <laughs> immediately tries to throw them out, but they're, they're saved by this rich guy named Walter Graham. Hotel personnel get a little sensitive during spring break week. Yeah. The girls don't have a room, do you? Yeah. Yes. No. Um. <laughs> it's okay, I understand. I've been there. I might be able to help you with a place to stay. Oh. I was just about to go in and have some dinner. Why don't you join me and we can talk about it? I don't think that well, would really Well, it's just something to eat, Suzanne. Yeah, it's a good restaurant. Just something to eat, Suzanne. No strings attached. I just don't think we're dressed for dinner. It'll be all right, trust they do (laughs) he's like super creepy like Uh middle-aged old man and he's kind of like bernie from weekend at bernie's like super just slimy and you know obviously uses his money to no it's just it's it's funny it's so it's so 80s you know and and that's he is he's he's the corrupt i don't know if he's a corrupt businessman or if he's got like mob ties nothing is ever clear you just know that he's you know a shady guy and his business associate uh, his very serious business associate approaches him and like chastises him for like scamming on these girls or whatever and the business associate's name is mike harvey played by george kennedy yes george kennedy is a good actor but I have a feeling that this man would do anything for a check. Like because <laughs> he's in a lot see, of stuff. He's in a lot of stuff. Um we've done several movies that he's been in. I don't remember if we've done the original Creep Show, but he was in that. He's in uh Creep Show 2. 
Creepshow 2, that's right. Creepshow 2. Yeah, that's he's the one in. he's in, and we did that, yep. And he was in the Naked Gun movies. He's Fantastic. been in a bazillion things, and he's good. He's a good actor. He's and the he, best actor in this whole movie. Oh, yeah, for, for oh sure. yes. Oh, my gosh. And By a like, mile. A, he, the, the movie was shot on a $200,000 budget, and the like $75,000, I don't remember, a huge, huge percentage of that went to paying him and the guy that plays Walter Graham, who I don't know him from anything. He was all over TV in the 80s, like very much a TV actor, like at, at a time in film and TV history where there wasn't much crossover between the two. So if somebody was going to appear in a in a made for, you know, video uh, movie, it was most likely going to be filled with soap stars and, you know, TV actors and things like that. He was... Mike Briggs in Airwolf. I don't know if you ever saw that, but uh, no, no, not he didn't do much outside of television in this time. Yeah, they're like a trio of these older, you know, bad guys, and the third one is Clue Gulager or Gulager, <laughs> and he did a lot of TV too. But I didn't, I didn't know him from much of anything either. But he was in Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. He was in the last picture show, so... He was in some Disney movies, yeah. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. The bulk of their budget went to paying these three guys, which is funny because they're really... Aside from Walter, the other two really aren't in it all that much. No. But Mike, the business associate, is like, we have to be serious. We have to, you know, get this money offshore or something i don't know again it's all very vague stuff about money and shit right you never you really never know what's going on with the cat and it's just suggested that these guys are in some way involved in criminal activity and they've got a bunch of money and they've got to get out out of the country yeah and so walter invites the girls to meet them on the yacht later for a party. They invite this guy named Daryl onto the yacht, this younger guy, and Walter shows him these three, like, briefcases, suitcases. Each of them have a million dollars cash in it. But then they, like, they kill Daryl for some reason. (laughs) This is the best scene. The scene makes no sense. It is so all over the place and weird. It's like you said, they're talking with him like he's a business associate and he's going to help them out because I guess he's an accountant. They're saying highly written vague stuff about money and laundering and offshore stuff and ha 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 and sort of patting him on the back. Then they hand him these three briefcases full of like a million dollars each, which is like they're paying him off. But then, like you said, it suddenly turns and they say, but you wouldn't cheat us, would you? And he's like, oh, no, I, I, I never would tell anybody about it. And then they start looking at him funny like, oh, yeah, really? So I guess then it was all a ruse, like an elaborate ruse, like they really suspect him. And the whole time, like this dialogue is so insane. There are lines like they're just sitting there and Graham says, I love to look at a fire, don't you? <laughs> and he's like... Yeah, it sure looks nice. <laughs> and then, then you know, it's nighttime now, right? And so they go outside, and, and they're outside suddenly, and they've got him kind of up against a pole, I guess, on the edge of the deck, and there's a, a, a pool, and he's like, hey, you know, um, fire up the hot tub, or whatever, whatever. And so the three of them are there with him. It's called blackmail. You've heard the term? 
Of course. Mike, you're getting ahead of my story. Anyway, you see, the point is that I learned about blackmail a long time ago. What I learned was never put yourself in a position where some idiot can blackmail you, where someone has power over you. Yeah. <laughs> the dialogue's terrible. They pull a gun on him, but instead of shooting him... He's standing right on the edge of the boat. They could have just shot him and he would have fallen right in the ocean. Shot him, kicked him into the water. Yeah. yeah. No, Albert grabs him, drowns him, and we get a very long, elaborate drowning sequence where he's holding him underwater. There's even a camera shot up at him and stuff. <laughs> and then when they're done, I thought something was happening. Albert is very distressed. Uh, he's yeah. like, oh, oh, like out of breath. He looks weird. He's shaking. He's shaking. They're like, what's wrong, Albert? He's like, I don't know. I'm just, I feel weird. I'm out of breath. And I thought, where is the cat around? Is this another one of those the poisonous cat things? Like, what's going on? This is significant. No, it's not significant at all. Just later, Albert is fine. And when I looked in, like, the, uh, I don't know, was the trivia or yeah. something like that, they said that it was this actor's idea that after he finished drowning this guy, he should be out of breath. Right, and then it's never referenced again. The movie just feels like it's slapped together. Yeah. Like there there are major continuity things. Like there's there's one point where the two girls meet up with three guys at the marina. For the first time, right? Yeah, they don't they don't know these guys at all. Um it's Corey, who's played by Rob Estes, who is still doing lots and lots of TV. All of these people worked a lot in the 80s, mostly in TV, some movies, mm -hmm. but some of them are still working. I mean, these people have lengthy, they're not lead actors in most of the things they do. That You know, they, they pop up, you know, in one or two episodes of something. Yeah. Rob Estes, who plays Corey, has actually had a pretty impressive career and is still working he's doing hallmark movies and still doing tv um and then there's lance who uh i recognized i think he was in was he in christine he, I, I know he was in something that we have done before he was also in a movie called the heavenly kid which i remember watching when i was a kid i know he was in something i think he played a bully or something in some movie that we've done well prison break and criminal minds and stuff more recently yeah, yeah. so like you said Lots he's still stuff. working yeah there's the two of them and then there's like they're like the cool ones and then their supposedly kind of nerdy friend just because he's smart is named martin the three of them the girls run into them at the marina and invite them to come on the yacht with them which i thought that's that's dumb some old rich guy asks you to come on a yacht he's not gonna want three young guys coming along which he doesn't well not to mention all of this happens over the course of five minutes. They they have this, you yeah. know, typical 80s, like, these guys are talking and joking, and then they look over, and they're these two hot girls that are slowly walking their way, and they meet eyes, and the girl's like, can I sit down here? And, like, within five minutes, this girl has her hand on Lance's pants and is making some sexual comments, and they're inviting them on this yacht. Oh, yeah, on his pants, like, he's run she's running her hand up his inner thigh. 
Within seconds. I don't even know if they know each other's names at this point. Did they yeah. barely introduced each other? What I was getting at was the continuity. There's this, They all end up on the boat. We'll get there in a second. But there's one scene where Walter is, like, ogling the girls from a deck. Like, the girls are down, like, uh, in the hot tub, and Walter's up, like, staring at them. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts away to a scene in a different part of the boat that Walter is also in. <laughs> and then it cuts it cuts back and he's still there s- staring at them <laughs> like yeah, it's I, true. in theory in theory he you know like he could have walked away to have this other scene and then walked back but it's just cut together so in such a sloppy way it's it's really dumb they also find the cat randomly randomly and Suzanne's like I love this cat I'm gonna keep it the last time we saw this cat is it was rolling over the edge of a random bridge in the back of this pickup this time it is in a box on the dock Uh of this marina in a box that it presumably couldn't get out of, much less into. It's just so yeah. random, right? Because that's how they find it. They they hear it. Meow, meow. <laughs> so, they, so, they open, so they open the box, and there's just this cute cat, like, hello. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want it. Walter and Hart Mike meet the girls and the guys on shore. For whatever reason, the guys... And the girl and the cat all, like, ferry out to the yacht. As soon as they get there, Walter's like, uh, we don't need these other guys around, and I hate cats. They need to go back. But then all of a sudden, they get word that, like, I don't know, the Coast Guard or somebody is going to be inspecting their boat. And so, like, we have to leave right now. And one of the girls is like, well, since your boat doesn't have a crew, we'll be your crew. Oh, my God. And Walter's like, okay. <laughs> and so yes. they're going to be these random strangers are going to be the boat crew. By the way, the captain of the ship is a woman who is far too young to be a boat captain. Far too young and far too underdressed and Walter is hitting on her the entire time and saying all these kinds of things about like he says this random stuff about how this was was her father's boat but now Walter has it and he's sort of dangling the boat almost like a like a basically like a dick kind of dangling the fact that he has the boat and, I don't know, implying that she can't leave and all that stuff. And she's bitching about how she doesn't have a crew to run the boat. So these four, these three guys are now their new ad hoc crew. And uh, Mike jumps in and he's pissed off, but then he's like, all right, well, I'm going to start assigning duties. I don't like you. I don't like punk kids that think the world owes them a living. You're the cook. You're the busboy and the dishwasher. You're the maid. These were the people that they couldn't leave the marina without? Was a, right. a bu- like, what, is there like a, a full-scale restaurant running on this boat that they've got to manage that they just have to get staffed before they can pull out of the marina, you know, with these six people on board? It, it makes no sense. But they're like, okay, all right. And this is when I re- when I finally learned that the girls had already been to the party on the boat. Yes, the party on the boat had happened and they had been there. We just hadn't seen it. We didn't see the it. The other thing, I, I can't believe we failed to mention this. When they find the cat, all of a sudden it is wearing a collar, like an ID collar from the lab that it has never been wearing before. Yeah. And <laughs> and so they're like, this is weird. It looks like it's like a lab cat. 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then they take it off and throw it away. Like the cat specifically put on this i this ID collar right <laughs> to before. <warn> them. <laughs> yeah. And then they just take it off so that they can mention it later. It is it was never ever wearing a collar before that scene and it just wears it for like the 10 seconds until they take it off. You mentioned the captain, her name is Rachel. She's played by Tony Hudson. I recognized her too and I looked her up. The only credit that I really recognized is she was in a movie called Just One of the Guys, which I watched a lot when oh, I yeah. was a kid. Oh yeah. That was on cable a lot for some reason. A lot. Yeah. yeah. And I remember her uh, in that and I don't remember remember her being terrible in that movie but man she is one of the most deadpan actors i have ever seen in my oh, life she's in so this bad movie. it was it's like witchboard level of acting yeah when things start getting bad like she cannot bring herself to force any emotion at all she just <laughs> speaks her line in the most deadpan like she has no emotion in her face nothing she's a beautiful woman don't get me wrong but <clears throat> she was not into this role <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, true. okay so they're so they're all there and we've walter doesn't like cats and then the young people turn on music and dance <laughs> the dancing the dancing in this movie is worth the price of admission. It really like, is. It really is. You could watch the movie just to watch these guys dance. They're just bopping around <laughs> like... like. Oh, my God. <laughs> especially Corey. Oh, all of them, but especially Corey. I, I can't do it justice in words. You yeah. just have to see it. But like, it is the most ridiculous... You can't imagine... That they were taking this seriously. And right? yet it seems as though they were. It's very earnest. It's earnestly played, mm-hmm. which makes it so much funnier. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was not a young adult in the 80s. I was a kid. And so I never, you know, I don't remember what it was like to not have other forms of entertainment. You know, by the time I was a young adult, and I mean, we did, we had dances and stuff, things like that. But, like, as far as, like, a little party that you would put together, by the time I was in college... We didn't walk over to the stereo in the room, flip it on, and just start dancing in front of it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But it's kind of funny how in a lot of these movies, that's basically what happens. Like, all the Friday the 13th movies, you know, all that stuff. Maybe I just, maybe that actually did happen and I was unaware. But it looks silly in this movie. And they're dancing amidst the remnants of uh, this party, that this wild party that apparently went on before, which is like trays of fruit and cake and things like that just kind of all scattered uh, amongst this room and in the meantime the cat's just running around the ship below deck yeah yeah below deck it swipes i guess the the little inner cat swipes at uh some electrical cables for which which doesn't seem to give any discernible effect which surprised me a little bit i thought until later until much later yeah so i was glad that had a payoff and then Albert is just sort of nervously mucking around in the captain's, what do you call that? The the deck? I, I don't know. He's just messing around in there. Like he's supposed to steer the ship or something, but he's getting all confused and the captain comes over and he grabs a lever and starts pulling it. And she's like, wait, what are you doing? And he's just like, it's like he's not there. And he's not even drunk yet. 
Well, he's just inept, and the only reason I guess he's helping out is because they have no other crew, so it's not like he knows what he's doing or anything. Yeah. But that's, that's you know, after the kids have been given assignments, the boys are, like, doing their work, like they're doing dishes or something for kitchen. five seconds, and they're, <laughs> they're complaining about it, so to make them feel better, the girls open their tops. The girls <laughs> like, start making out with them. Oh, it's so hilarious. Well, I sure do feel sorry for you boys, having to work so hard hard in this very hot kitchen. I don't know how you can stand it. It's really hot. Ugh. It is so hot in here. Hey, land's getting a little warm in here. Yeah. You see, boys, getting mixed up with us wasn't such a bad idea after all. All your hard work will have its rewards, I promise. While the camera slowly pans down their shirts as they're unbuttoning their shirt button by button. And the surprising thing is, they do a pretty amazing job of covering up boobs in this movie. Um, it was mm-hmm. very clear the girls were not did not want to show anything. Uh, and this is the kind of movie where you totally expect to see at least one pair. Yeah. And, and, and on the Blu-ray, I guess there's an alternate cut that's only a couple of minutes longer, but there is, uh, Suzanne fully exposes her breasts in oh, the really? alternate cut, but, oh. but you don't, you don't see, I, like they open their shirts, but they leave them just open enough so that you can see their breasts, but not their nipples. Yeah. Well, if you don't see the nipple, you don't see the breast, you know, that's, that's <laughs> <Right>. the rule. <laughs> that's the rule. But these, these women are not, you know this was clearly written by a man you know these these women are not portrayed in a realistic or no. frankly flattering way at all like no. they they're they're just not that there's anything necessarily wrong with this but they're they're just using their sexuality that like that's the only tool at their disposal oh yeah because <laughs> Because the next scene after this, because earlier they they overcame some of um, Graham's objections. He was like, you guys need to get to work. You guys aren't working. They said, oh, don't worry. We're going to throw a party in your honor later tonight. You know, just go easy on us now. We'll make it up to you with our party later. Which, if you think that turning on the stereo and dancing around in front of it uh, isn't a wild enough party, you should try playing backgammon. Yeah. Or um, sitting on a sofa eating a banana. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the way this was posed. Mr. Graham is sitting there eating a banana and telling stories and getting more and more drunk, and they're all just kind of posed around him, and then they kind of start dancing too. It, they dance more. It's just so fun. And, I, oh, it's so hilarious. And then Rachel, who's kind of flirting with um, Martin, the nerdy one, they're kind of flirting, but. Um, she eventually leaves to go to relieve Albert, who is now drunk. And Albert stumbles away looking for more of his wine, and he finds it, but, like, the cat is sitting on it, innocently. Inside a box. Inside a box again. Once again, yeah. And so Albert gets his wine, opens it up, takes a drink of it, and spits it on the cat. Like, for... Like why? What is wrong with you? Mm. And so, so then the evil cat comes out and kills him. And there's like a weird bladder effect under his neck, and like blood is, you know, spraying out. And then he falls overboard, screaming. The henchman guy, Mike, the next day realizes that Albert went over, but they don't want to tell anybody because they don't want to turn around. 
um, to go back and get him. Rachel and Martin eventually realize that Albert fell overboard too. The boat, by the way, is having problems now. So this this is to justify that scene that we saw before where the evil cat got scared and cut some wires down below. Mm-hmm. The boat is overheating. Rachel wants to turn around to go back to look for Albert, but the two bad guys convince her that he can't swim anyway, so he's definitely dead. And Walter also bribes her and says, if you keep going, when we get where we're going, I'm going to come into all this money. I'll sign the boat over to you. So she reluctantly decides to keep going. Yeah. And then Martin comes into like the captain's quarters <laughs> where Rachel is and uses a sextant as a microscope what? Oh. To examine a piece of Albert's clothes. And I had I did not understand what was going on here. Like they find there's a piece, apparently a piece of Albert's clothes got torn and left behind. And he looks and he shows her and she's like, what is that? And he's like, it's blood cells. And I was like, so what? You saw blood all over the deck. Like he says, it's more than usual, right? Something like that. Like, like more than usual blood cells, right? And they're still active and alive, even though they're. I don't know. It's it, like it, it's so weird. I again, it's supposed to be kind of this clever scene because he's such a, Martin's such a smart guy, right? So he comes in. Uh, do you have a sextant? Yeah. Uh, do you have this? Yeah. And she happens to hand it to him. She's like, "Do you have some water?" Yeah. And she happens to have a glass of water there to drip it on there. Puts all this together, says all this about it, and all I was thinking was. Why in the first place did he think there was anything suspicious about the blood on the shirt? Right. This blood is, there's so many cells in here, it's more active. Like, how did you know that before you confirmed it with the sextant? Whatever. No, it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Just for background purposes, you know the cat is present in this scene because it's screaming throughout. (laughs) 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 But but Walter gets rapey with Bobby. Who's in skimpy exercise clothes, just sort of exercising to nothing kind of right (laughs) i don't know what she's doing like a jane fonda style small jane i love that he references jane fonda because this is totally from this era i think you're better than jane fonda right the the cat ominously watches walter hitting on bobby and then he basically pulls her down onto the sofa she's first of all she's kind of taking it because she has been more or less I would say leading him on, right? She's been intentionally intentionally yeah. leading him on to get what she wants. But now of course it's too much. And so, you know, he he's got her down on the sofa and then suddenly Lance jumps in and he's like, What are you doing? And he runs over and uh they have a little bit of a fight and then Mike shows up with a gun <laughs> and he shoots him. Shoots him. Yeah, for come on, right? Anyway, it escalates quickly. He shoots him in the arm, and then Corey jumps in. It's like a dog pile of people slowly coming into the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Mike fights Corey off, but then the evil cat shoots out from under oh. the couch and bites out Mike's Achilles heel. Yeah. And then Mike just starts <laughs> randomly shooting all around. With the cat puppet popping out, taunting him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Rachel comes around the corner and sees what's going on and says, oh, my God. <laughs> like she couldn't possibly be more bored by what's going on. And then 
then they just look at Mike's wound. Mr. Graham and uh, was it Albert at this point? No, Albert's dead. Mr. Graham and one of the guys. I think it might be Corey. They're just sitting there. Mike's wound is not just like bloody. It is bleeding profusely. And they're just standing there holding it, talking about it. Yeah. And he's also like writhing in pain. Yes. And then like his veins start like pulsating and throbbing. Like they were really proud of these bladder effects that they were doing. I don't know why, because they really don't look very good, but they're it's like, okay, we know how to do one effect, so <laughs> <laughs> we're really gonna lean into it. And his heart is racing and like at some point it looks like his heart is literally about to beat out of his chest. Oh my God. They all lean over. It's one of those classic, almost hilarious things where it's one head on top of another, all peering down uh-huh. towards the camera, looking at his his heart, I guess. I thought something was going to burst. It looked like Alien. I did, too. I thought it was going to explode. <laughs> it I is thought like blood was going to explode. five inches above his chest. It blows up like a balloon two or three times, goes down. They're all, like, inches away from it, looking at it in anticipation. And then the next scene is them unceremoniously dropping his body over the back of the ship. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and okay. Oh well. And, then, and well, that was interesting. Rachel, who is still oddly calm, tries to call for help, but Walter shoots the radio because he just wants to get where he wants to go. He doesn't want any delay. He threatens to shoot Rachel, and she's like, "Well, you wouldn't shoot me. I'm the only one who knows how to drive the boat." And so he's like, "Well, then I'll shoot Suzanne, and I'll keep shooting other people until you do what I say." And so she grabs a fire extinguisher and shoots him. And Suzanne gets the gun and immediately just points it at Walter's dick. And then somehow, I don't even, this just comes out of nowhere. Like, they're just, I guess, all of them conferring. And and you this whole scene. As near as I can tell, the cat that bit Mr. Harvey is highly poisonous. <laughs> a poisonous cat. Now, how is that possible? I found a piece of bloodstained shirt this morning. Oh. Rachel and I took a pretty good look at the blood. Oh. And it was mutating like nothing I've ever seen or heard about. Oh. Maybe the cat's got rabies. Oh, God. Oh, I've seen rabies. I know what it does to the blood. This was a mutation. It's definitely not rabies. Oh. Look, Bob, Bobby says she saw the cat while it was running from the oh. Tell Martin what you told me. Well, it all happened really fast. I don't know. It didn't look like the cat, but it had to be. I don't know. His face was distorted or something. I don't know. I mean, it sounds crazy. I don't know. Did it look like a normal cat to you before, Suzanne? Of course. It's just a cat. Oh, God help me. Martin, could this have anything to do with that laboratory tag that cat was wearing? What are you talking about? Shut up, Graham. You know, you have been a major disappointment to me. Suzanne may be onto something. There's a great deal of experimentation on lab animals. Maybe somehow this cat system has got some type of uh, experimental chemical in it. You've really just got to put in some of this dialogue. Oh, yeah. It's just too good. But Martin says, the cat that bit Harvey is highly poisonous. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, then Suzanne, and then Suzanne says, Martin. Could this have anything to do with that laboratory tag the cat was wearing? No, probably not. <laughs> Just two totally random coincidences. And, and then, the dialogue is so funny. And she reconfirms it. 
You mean they actually poisoned that poor cat, and now it's dangerous to all of us? And Martin's like, yep. yeah. Martin deduces an <laughs> awful lot about what's going on. I mean, he's pretty much spot on the nose, remarkably so, after his little sextant experiment. And somehow he also knows that the not only the not only is the cat poisonous, but if it comes into contact with any food, then that food is also poisonous. Yeah. So now they're in trouble because the boat is not running. They they have limited food and water. Uh, Rachel at some point tells Martin her whole life story, which I remember nothing about, so it must not have been very hmm. important. They lock Graham up in his room. Yeah, they they lock him up, and he's trying to schmooze Corey for reasons I don't know. Like, maybe he thinks Corey will help him or something. Oh, he shows Corey a Rolex, and Corey's impressed by the Rolex. He's like, ah, it's all right. I'll give it to you. I've got plenty. Then he walks over to a pair of double doors that looks like a closet door and opens it up, and there is a wall safe, a giant wall safe behind those two double doors. Uh, He opens it up and pulls out money, opens up one of the things and like hands it to Corey and says, oh yeah, this is nothing. There's plenty more of where that came from if you help me get back. And the way I say it, it sounds like, okay, this makes sense. You know, it's a typical movie villain type thing. He's trying to entice the kid who is the most enticeable by money with money. Yeah, yeah. But the way this plays out, it's so cartoonish. Like if you're going to have a wall safe, you would not put it in the most obvious, like you, it looks like a closet. You would open this up and be shocked to find a wall safe behind there. And it's huge. Everything about this scene is so cartoony and silly. It's like a 12-year-old wrote this. Oh, oh, yeah, everything is. And, And at this point, they've got the food all locked up because they're rationing it, but also because they don't want the cat to get it because it'll contaminate it. And somebody says... That cat's going to get awful hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Corey scares a topless Suzanne. She's (laughs) topless for no reason. And then they make out for 10 seconds, and then Mm. that's it. And then Bobby is making out with Lance, who says two or three times, just so we're clear, that he can't feel his arm. when When he was shot, he got shot in the shoulder. He, but he says two or three times that he, he it doesn't hurt anymore. He can't feel it at all. And they make out for a little bit. And anytime anybody makes out in this movie, it's like they intentionally put microphones right up to their mouths mm. so that it sounds like so gross. It's disgusting. Um, but then he like she pulls away from him a little bit, and he says, "Even though I lost feeling in my arm, it doesn't seem to have affected other parts of my body." <laughs> <laughs> but she like so I guess that entices her to like pull the blanket back to so that they both see that the evil cat is eating his hand. Right. And th- you had briefly mentioned it before, but it's so funny like when the evil cat when you see it coming out of the real cat puppet it's tiny. Like it's just a little tiny thing. But then sometimes when it's fully out it's like a full-size cat. Yeah, it's so as big like... as a cat. It's huge. It changes size all the time. <laughs> and it's it's eaten off like a couple of his fingers. Uh, it, but he didn't know because his arm was numb, apparently. Right. He immediately jumps up, runs to the boat deck, screaming, I'm poisoned! I'm already dead! I've got the poison in my blood! And he's trying to jump overboard, and she is trying to stop him, but he goes overboard, and she falls with him, and then Corey and Martin dive in after them, but you, but Bobby and 
uh, Lance are gone. Yeah. Like, the fall, I guess, from the deck killed them. <laughs> they are gone. Uh, now they're in trouble. They're out of water they're out of fresh water they're almost out of food suzanne is losing it which she's is hilarious suddenly losing it and it's so funny uh-huh. and she's not bad at losing it except it's switched off and on like a switch so yeah. it, it just doesn't come across as real at all oh it's so funny and she'll just be like we're gonna die we're all gonna die we're all gonna die <laughs> and then the response is we're not gonna die suzanne we're going to survive <laughs> <laughs> i know Corey and Walter go on a cat hunt. Corey, Corey, (laughs) don't worry, I've got a plan, Mr. Graham. As Corey is walking around like a waiter with a plate of tuna and a fork, carefully, with his fork, carefully laying pieces of tuna randomly around the uh, engine room or whatever. And it's been two days, by the way. Yeah, it's been two days. Yeah, they've been stranded for two days. Two days, and they're already out of food when i remember their party scene seeing so much ridiculous food out i guess the is the notion that the cat just ran around and poisoned all the food or they they just can't trust any of it yeah like it's explained very briefly like somehow the cat got into the food or something and so they can't eat any of the food but Corey's traps don't work the cat is not taking the bait like it knows that the food is poisoned or something so he's going around looking at all of these bait traps and the evil cat attacks him and he starts shooting at it but he shoots something that causes an explosion like a steam explosion yeah that i i couldn't tell if the steam killed him or if the cat killed him while he was engulfed in the steam i don't know but he's dead i wasn't sure either but he shot a lot of stuff up in that engine room and every one of it did something like you know it spray something in his face it would start something sparking and one of them was a hole in the hall uh-huh, right? uh-huh. which starts to get water in. And then immediately following this scene was my maybe one of my favorite shots of the whole movie, which is, for no good reason at all, they decided they needed a close-up of the cat puppet crawling back into the cat's mouth. Uh-huh. And you just see the fake cat, kind of just a close-up of his mouth on its side. It already looks like a stuffed animal. And then this little cat going in there, opening up his mouth. Starting yeah. to crawl back in. It looks hilarious. And then the cat's eye lights up. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, That's I just funny. couldn't make any of that out. One uh, of my favorite scenes is Suzanne at this point is completely Looney Tunes. And Rachel, like in a scuffle or something, drops the keys. And Suzanne gets them and goes and gets into the locked food pantry. And she's <laughs> talking to herself. And the cat's in there. And she's like scared for a second. And then she's like you won't hurt me. You're just a nice kitty. And she's eating the food and she's like, I knew it. I knew they were, it wasn't really poison. They were just hoarding it for herself, but it is really poison. And her throat starts throbbing and blood starts shooting out. (laughs) And then she dies. And then there's a storm (laughs) and it is very clearly a toy boat. (laughs) (laughs) and they literally filmed this in the director's swimming pool and it It looks like it it looks like a toy boat in a swimming pool and the boat is sinking and they're trying to get on the lifeboat walter goes back for his money for some reason there are only three suitcases but he can only carry two 
at a time, apparently. <laughs> so he brings the two out, throws them in the boat, and then he goes back for the other one. But the evil cat is there. And it's this is just an excellent example of, like... <laughs> It's just a cat, like, mm-hmm. and it's just sitting behind the suitcase. It's not menacing nothing, but, like, he has to pretend like he's scared of it. And when he goes for the money, the evil cat comes out and drowns him. Leaps like, on scratches him. His, yeah, and drowns him because the boat is sinking. Uh, Martin oh. finds him. Rachel and Martin get into the, the lifeboat and launch it, and... Oh. This just looks so funny. Like when you see like when you see in a movie they're filming a bad movie in the movie, this is what it looks like. Oh uh, yes. You can just imagine in your head the two guys on either side of the boat, like rocking two <laughs> by fours to make and then somebody else like standing out, you know, just off camera, like splashing water. Yeah. And these these two people just kind of sitting in the boat pretending that they're scared. And it's hilarious. Oh, this the toy scene yacht is bonkers. It, it's so funny. It's, it's so funny. They have this moment. It, it also it changes tone quite quickly, right? They've just escaped. Yes! They're freaking out. And then suddenly he's like, but look, I've got the money. And suddenly the music changes to this happy music. And now they're rejoicing and hugging each other that they have like a million bucks. (laughs) What? Everybody died. You might die too. You're out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of a storm in this boat. And now it's like everything, the tone is like everything's going to be fine. I I really expected it to fade to black at that point. And then, oh no, look, (laughs) the cat puppet. And there are just no words to describe it. There are no <laughs> words to describe how the scene looks. They look, and you see the cat puppet crawl over the side of the boat, and then it's like somebody throws it from off camera <laughs> onto him. No! And so he's battling this puppet, and he tosses it back over the boat. And they're like, oh, oof, we thank, saved. The music goodness. turns good. And then he looks to the left and goes, Nope, it's not over yet. <laughs> and the cat puppet <laughs> crawls over the boat again. <laughs> and <laughs> <towards> him again. <laughs> oh, oh, you just And they're like they're <sighs> like, we're the only thing floating. It's just gonna keep coming back. So they one of them thinks to throw one of the suitcases in, but <laughs> she so she's like, wait! dump all the money in here and she like has a duffel bag and so they dump all the money in the duffel bag and throw the suitcase over and they're like look it's climbing on and you see this ratty looking puppet (laughs) (laughs) sitting on this suitcase bobbing on this thing in a swimming pool it is oh god so hilarious It is really hilarious. Like, you can't, I just, (laughs) I can't imagine that they didn't know how silly and stupid they had to know. But they they play it 100% straight. straight. And then they're back on land. The authorities don't believe them, but they don't care because they have the money, and it looks like they're just going to live happily ever after. Um, And then it cuts to an end where we see a beach and we see the uh, suitcase has clearly landed on the beach. And a little kid on the beach finds an entirely different cat. A black cat. It could not look more different. It's bigger. It has short hair. And it is black. It's an entirely different cat. It doesn't look 
anything like the real cat. And he picks up the cat and he's like, look, daddy, or something. And it, the camera freezes on him, then does a quick close-up. <laughs> and then that's the end. Oh, this was... There's an alternate ending that's even worse, and you can watch it on YouTube. It's oh. very similar. It's very similar, except instead of it ending on the beach, you see a dock, and this little kid is carrying a suitcase, and he runs up to his dad and says, Daddy, Daddy, look what I found. And it's it sounds like an adult doing a kid's voice. And then the dad is like, well, let's see what's in this suitcase. And he opens it up, and the evil cat, like, pops out. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. Wow. Wow. This movie oh. it ended up, I didn't know, like I knew nothing about it. I read the synopsis. I, I read that it was like wonderfully bad. But, you know, I went in very skeptical thinking, you know, this is going to be hit or miss. Like it, it could either be really fun or it could be, you know, it could feel, it could be an annoying waste of time. It was not at all. It was no. so much fun. It was so much fun. It's yeah. so bad. It's so ridiculously bad that it's absolutely hilarious. Like I was I, watching it by myself as I usually do, and I was just laughing out loud throughout. Oh it yeah, is so funny. the The effects are terrible. The acting is bad, and just the the best kind of way. It, it was it was exactly what I was hoping it would be, and I'm so glad that I found it. I didn't know. Apparently, the Riff Tracks guys have done this. Oh, I'd love to see that. I'd hear yeah, that. Yeah, to hear it. That, that'd be great. Um, another podcast that you and I are both fans of, How Did This Get Made, has, has done this. I, I didn't know any of that. This is the first time that I'd ever even heard of this movie, and it was just such a fun surprise. It was exactly what I was hoping it would be. <laughs> it oh was my. so much fun to watch and fun to talk about because it's so silly. And to it would be so fun to sit and watch and goof on with friends. It would just be, uh, it would be amazing. You know what? I, uh, yes. I, like I said before, this has just topped my list, I think, of So Bad It's Good Movies. I, I have not laughed out loud at a movie in a while. And this, I did multiple times through this. It was so much fun. And it made me want to go back and find all the other direct the director's other movies. <laughs> Graydon Clark directed this, and he's done about mm, 21, looks like 21 movies. And before this, in the 70s, he did a movie called Satan's Cheerleaders. And listen to this. The janitor at a local high school is actually the scout for a coven of Satanists on the lookout for a virgin to sacrifice. One day, he kidnaps the cheerleading squad to use for their rituals. However, unbeknownst to the devil worshippers, one of the cheerleaders is actually a witch and has plans of her own for the Satanists. Doesn't that sound great? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> he, he did one. This other one is just a comedy that I from 1983 called Joysticks. When a top local businessman and his two bumbling nephews try to shut down the town's only video arcade, arcade employees and patrons fight back. 1983. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and do you remember Lambada, the Forbidden Dance? Yes. The dirty Dancing knockoff. Guess who directed that one? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously this movie got terrible reviews, as it should. But, oh. it, you know, when it came out, the, the reviews were terrible, as they should have been. It's a terrible movie. But I think that 
today people look back some people look back at it as as what it is and how you should look at it you know it's fun it's stupid it's it's bad but it's funny and if you go into it with that in mind it's just it's just great fun loyal listeners i cannot recommend this movie enough Mm. like (laughs) you need to watch this movie it's playing on tubi right now right as of the time of this recording it is free on tubi yes yes oh not the uninvited it's called uninvited 1987 or 1988 depending on where you see it listed straight to video deserve to run in the theaters my god (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you enjoyed it please share it with a friend Uh, also if you enjoyed our podcast please consider supporting us on patreon become a patron of our podcast and get all kinds of goodies we do multiple mini sods every month where we go outside the bounds of talking about a single movie and talk about other things horror movies horror books uh horror series of video games personal stuff about ourselves Uh, we have a 90 minute interview there with loyal listener heather who dives deep into the behind the scenes details of our podcast all this kind of stuff you can access please consider going to our patreon page is patreon.com slash chainsaw podcast and let us know what you thought of this episode and any future uh, ideas for movies that we can do on this podcast we need more so bad it's good movies uh, absolutely until next time i'm todd and i'm craig with two guys and a chainsaw ah!